A quick note on this podcast recording. At the time of recording, Alice Ivana Murray was at Murray Waldron Consulting. Now, Alice Ivana Murray is partner in the Cordamenta Financial Crime Team. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. What we would recommend is using your independent review as a, an opportunity for, for quality face-to-face time. Now, you know, you could put that on the basis that the Act requires you to table those report outcomes to be discussed and, and reviewed. So it's a good opportunity for the compliance officer to stand up and actually talk to those issues. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher, I'm the editor at the GRC Institute. And today we have with us for our Risk 101 series for Compliance Month is Alice Savannah-Murray. Um, partner and co-founder at Murray Waldron Consulting. Hi, Alice. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Kwame. Thanks so much for having me here. Uh, So today we're going to be talking a little bit about, I guess, the compliance professional's relationship to the board and, I guess, board education and and, and stuff like that. So I thought we'd start with a bit of definition in terms of what do we mean when we're talking about board education and then we'll move from there. Yeah, sure. It's such a, a great topic and, and one that's really timely for a lot of reporting entities at the moment. So when we talk about board education, it's really just another form of training. But what we find is most directors don't appreciate the notion of being trained. Uh, so we need to use a, a slightly different word. And, and education awareness generally resonates pretty well with that sector of a reporting entity. It also ties in with the notion that the legislation does require you to provide risk awareness training, you know, across the board. And in our view, the people that are governing an organisation have a tremendous amount of influence and should therefore be considered as one of your priority groups for regular education, not just on how you're managing your money laundering and terrorism financing risk, but what's happening outside of your organisation. And I guess, does this risk awareness training or maybe a board member not necessarily wanting to be trained, does this have any impact with maybe the risk and compliance professional in the financial crime position, for example, getting traction with the board? <laughs> yeah. um, it can. Um, I think that's less of an issue now. The enforcement of the last couple of years has absolutely increased the visibility and priority of AML CTF at the board level. But we did certainly find that prior to to that, you know, particularly prior to the CBA action, it was quite difficult to get that board visibility of the AML CTF program. And and it's just as important then as it is now, but we we find now it's slightly easier. So having those, I guess, cases that we've seen over the years as high profile cases has sort of helped then realizing their responsibilities in this area. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's a shame that it takes enforcement to to generate that interest. But, you know, certainly since CBA, we're finding that boards are now proactively asking for more information about what risks they're taking on as directors. And it's really staying in in their radar as a top 10 risk, which is fantastic. It's certainly not a flash in the pan thing. It's now been a routine board topic. uh, And for many boards, that's happening quite regularly now. Sure. So just back on the sort of board education aspect, you know, we talked a little bit about risk awareness training and the directors being trained, but could we speak very, I guess, very high level of what what would board training look like um, in the context? Like, how would someone go about doing this? Yeah, OK. Um, look, 
there's a couple of ways you you can do it. Um, a popular inclusion that we find we're being asked for is boards wanting to know what they should be asking their own management about um, and what they should be seeing as part of regular board meetings. So sometimes it can be as practical as coming in to explain to them the sorts of reporting other entities completing and also sharing some insights into you know, great questions that they can ask of their management to demonstrate the governance and oversight that's required in addition to what their core obligations are in taking on a, a directorship of a reporting entity. Yeah, sure. And and do you think that maybe the guidance from the regulator like Austrack, for example, around the sort of board responsibilities and what is expected of the board, do you think that that could there be more guidance? Does that help in, in, in understanding that responsibility? Look, it can always be more guidance, um, but this is one of the areas that's been recently updated by Austrack. So that in itself is a great opportunity for compliance officers, you know, to bring it to the attention of a board if they haven't already, um, and just even tabling and discussing the Austrack guidance that out, that's out there, because they might not be following along as closely as you are. So you know, a good tactic might be um, going in and actually ask your directors or your senior management if they think they're getting the right information to discharge their duties because you know if you can flip it back on to them a little bit um, it might make start to make them appreciate what they need to know and, and you can do that gently there's no need to sort of put them on the spot but kind of flipping that conversation into a um, what would you like to be seen and do you think you've got the right amount of information using that Austrack guidance as a uh, as a platform um, can be a really great strategy for getting you know some buying on their side yeah, um, sure. yeah. Guidance-wise, <laughs> it would be always it would always be nice to get some more. Um, but I think we're grateful that we've got what we've got. And and maybe the only thing that I would have liked to have seen as a as a practitioner in this field would be a little bit more on the FIU side because um, you know there's probably an opportunity for Austrac to revisit how it shares some of those deeper insights that it's um, getting as part of things like the Fintel Alliance. And I think we saw in the papers a couple of days ago that. Um, the AFP is starting to make some direct public-private partnerships with major banks. That really only covers a very, very small proportion of reporting entities, and it leaves the vast majority of, of compliance officers without a direct access to what's going on on the inside. So guidance-wise, I'd like to see a bit more on the FIU side, but, you know, when we're talking about boards and governance, it's, it's at least we've got something. Yeah, that's excellent. In terms of just getting back to that question of buy-in, it does sound yeah. like there's an awareness and an interest and there's guidance in that space. but just for our members who may have some recalcitrant boards, I mean, what are some of the ways that you have seen um, financial crime professionals get that buy-in effectively from their boards? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And yeah. it, we, we say it's it's really easy now, but, you know, I'm thinking back to what it was pre-enforcements when, you know, boards yeah. were legitimately tied up with other things. And, and unfortunately, without that big stick, you know, many boards will will deprioritize it because the consequences just aren't there. Having said that, some boards still feel like the enforcements are at a level that just doesn't apply to them. You know, they're happening to big banks and they're not a big bank or they're happening to casinos and they're not a casino. And that can be really difficult to overcome when, you know, as a board, they've got a, a huge amount of different issues that they're trying to cover up on. Getting your AML CTF slot in there can be really tricky. What we would recommend is using your independent review as a an opportunity for for quality face-to-face -face time now, you know you can put that on the basis that 
the Act requires you to table those report outcomes to be discussed and, and reviewed. So it's a good opportunity for the compliance officer to stand up and actually talk to those issues directly. And particularly if you're a compliance officer that doesn't normally have a direct reporting line to the board, using that opportunity to go in person is one that we would definitely recommend. Also using the guidance that is available to frame your requests. So, you know, don't forget that however small you are as a reporting entity, you still need to be able to discharge your duties as a compliance officer. So if you don't have the seniority or the resources or the organisational culture that you need to meet your obligations, then tell the board that. And you can frame that in the context of this is what the Act and the Rules says, and in your opinion, you don't have what's required, which puts the organisation at risk you know, of, of a serious compliance issue. And then it's on to the board and the directors to risk accept that situation if they're unwilling to act. You might not get what you're wanting, but as a compliance officer, it's really important to put that to the people that are responsible for making decisions and let them decide if they're comfortable with the risk that presents. What else? The probably only other thing I would say is always include actions in your papers. So we see a lot of compliance officers putting noting papers up, you know, this happened or that happened with no real so what or, or what you want out of it. So really challenge yourself to proactively ask your directors to um, to accept what you're telling or, or to approve what's in your papers, because it can be a more effective way of getting them to take notice before they sign off on whatever you've put in front of them. Just be prepared. They might they might require you to attend. And so you might need to bring along some justification when you're talking to that. Um, but don't be afraid to really put it out there and say this is not on your shoulders to carry and, to, and make sure they know what you're dealing with. Excellent. So really important to take them on the journey then of that decision making and those actions. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Well, I think you've given lots of words of wisdom there, but I'm going to ask you anyway, if there are any other words of wisdom that you have for uh, GRC professionals in the financial crime space, you know, who might be listening to this podcast and just trying to figure out how to get this right? Yeah, look, it's just the most exciting time to be part of AMLCTF in Australia. I think there's still more reforms to come, but if you're just coming into this space or you've been here a while and you're sort of starting to to grapple with with where things are headed there's just there's no better time to to consolidate what you're doing and and even considering expanding your career because a lot of organizations are starting to realize that it's not enough just to have someone part-time or doing this you know <laughs> along with four or five other things um so if you're passionate about it or you want to you want to do it this is a great time to go and you know to get some extra training or some qualifications and really put it to the organization that this is a career path you want to expand on because it's not going away it, it's probably going to get more and more um important as a as a board issue in particular. Um, so really think about how you're going to resource that, how are you going to deal with that with your own workload and start thinking outside the box if your organization's struggling to keep up. Excellent. Well thank you so much for your time, Alice, and thank you for being on the podcast. Oh you're very welcome. It was a pleasure to be here. Thanks, Kwame. This podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute and the music was produced by Rob Neary.